0: more fun than shitting yourself publicly at walmart thank you for tuning into revcast i am your host rev and before we get into the topic of the night and i introduce my guests uh like share comment subscribe to my youtube channel and if you're too lazy to watch the fuckery you can listen to this episode as a podcast via an anchor link in the about section of my channel also in the banner plus if you have spotify this episode and a few others are available you can also follow me on twitter at rev at RevcastYT. And I would like to introduce my guest, Sam the Slapped Ham. Not to be confused with the YouTuber Slapped Ham, but we will just call him Sam for short. How are
1: you doing this evening? Oh, thank you, man. I'm doing good. Doing real good. Really excited about talking about aliens attacking people.
0: Oh, fuck. Well, hey, you just pretty much dis- discussed your uh, topic tonight. So uh, <laughs> what we will be covering first is the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. I hope I said that correctly. Um, a couple of other alien attacks and encounters. Plus, when the shit gets tough, we will also provide poor survival advice in the instance of getting abducted by an EBE. So, let's get to it. What do you
1: got for me tonight there, Sam? Alright, so, tonight we're talking about Kelly Hopkinsville. That's down in there in Kentucky. And, in 1955, 11 people in a house down there were subsequently attacked by five to ten four-foot little alien creatures. And they seem to be covered in silvery metal outfits, and they like to float around and sit on the walls and look in the windows and the doors and all that good stuff. So are
2: these
0: technically like Peeping Tom aliens? (laughs)
1: it seems so man yeah they they, uh they said they didn't they didn't they never came in although they were firing at them the whole time Mm -hmm. and they never seemed to really attack them in any way but they were watching and this happened for about four hours august 21st 1955
0: august 21st 1955 so and i understand that there was about five adults and uh, seven children that arrived at the Hopkinsville police station claiming that small alien creatures from a spa- spacecraft were attacking the foreign mouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, there is depictions and there's images of these little things. They they kind of look like fucking uh, mutated gremlins, or grumblings, whatever the fuck you want to call them.
1: Yeah, when I look at them, it's like it's either like they're mutated or whatever or they're wearing like spacesuits of some sort. You know what I mean? Like, they got them pointy ears and a little bit taller than them, Gremlins are depicted, but they—they uh, they seem to be floating, like they—they were, they were wearing some kind of some kind of spacesuit of some sort,
0: anti-magnetic.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know something like that. And when they would shoot them, uh, it would just sound like they were hitting a metal bucket. You know, if you ever went out and shot with your grandpa and shot all the metal buckets off them, you know, fence posts and all that.
3: Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I've fired guns before, but I don't think I've ever fired at a bucket in particular. <laughs> you know, maybe cans, because, you know, bullets have a tendency to penetrate aluminum, but I know that back then their their uh, buckets were probably a different type of metal than what we're used to, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the beginning of this encounter... Um, just kinda normal day, um, one of the boys, the two sons, I think it was Elmer and John Sutton, and they go out and uh I think they're going out and they're like, they're in a bit of a swamp area when, when you go out the house, you know there's a bit of a swamp and then there's a bit of a hill, and then there's this clearing and they saw this uh bright object coming from the back of their house to the front towards the swamp and so they go and follow it, and you know, they don't find anything. So when they head back to the house, a couple of hours go by, and uh, I believe it was one of the kids or something that said they saw something through the window. So the guys grab their you know shotguns and stuff, being out in the middle of the woods and in the swamp. There's a lot of gnarly creatures out
2: there. So they go out there and like
1: uh, they see him like right away. I mean, it's it's right away they see these things and they start shooting at them and they get all freaked out you know and they'd probably been drinking a lot of that corn whiskey too you know
0: well you you can rule that out well yeah <laughs> of course i i mean the well i mean isn't that basically where moon came from is kentucky
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure i will not say i completely sure but yeah i mean I,
0: okay so don't get me wrong i think my geography is a little bit bad but isn't isn't kentucky a
1: little bit more more northern uh than uh, your your typical swampland, so it's uh it's actually southeastern, uh
2: ish, um, so
1: yeah you get a lot of, it's like it, so Tennessee's to the south, Missouri's to the west, Virginia, and West Virginia's to the east. So you get all them like you know real southern boys, you know, in southern type of areas. I'm not exactly sure about the geography all that much, but. <clears throat> so How them you know that
0: so them good old Appalachia people. Yeah, yeah,
1: most definitely. I mean, these, these were these were definitely not a uh, city folk. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, so. for,
0: well, from my understanding, and I mean, I don't want to say anything disparaging about or disparaging about people from Kentucky or Kentuckians, but I know that um, there was this one story I do believe that actually involved. Uh, Oh, I think maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. There is a there's there's this town that's called Onion Town. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I think it's I think in Kentucky. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, apparently, what it is is that they say that there's a claim that there's a lot of inbreeding that goes on in that little town, and if you happen to drive through it, um, they don't take kindly to strangers. So that's kind of interesting, but. At the same time, I mean, if, when people say Kentucky, you know, we get, we get the best. We get frickin' Turtle Boy, Mitch McConnell, and, and uh, Pube Hair Boy, Rand Paul. And uh, I, can't, I, I think it's also Kent Hovine or, or Ken Ham, one of those people that created the ARC experience. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, so if you ever want to go to Kentucky, you can either go ahead and fight off little green men... Or you can go and get the Noah's Ark experience, i mean <laughs> oh, <laughs> depends, depends on what you want to do after drinking all of that corn whiskey on a
1: Friday night, so <laughs> oh yeah, you know how that goes
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, like uh speaking of corn whiskey, okay, I was out there uh <clears throat> in Washington and like around the loon Lake area, and uh there's. There's there's this old guitar player I used to play with and they would make um, moonshine from uh, deer feed.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was some of the best moonshine I've ever had. And I was kind of thrown off by the deer feed at first, but kind of realized, you know, they put a lot of good stuff in that. Really? So like that, that moonshine, it just had a sweet kick to it. It had a nice, you know, smooth flavor and it would really put you on your ass. (laughs) <laughs> well maybe so, oh,
0: so maybe that's what uh these adults needed to do you know when they're going out taking their duck hunting rifles and everything and they run into these little aliens maybe they should have offered them something to drink yeah you know.
1: yeah instead of fucking shooting at <laughs> them first
3: right
0: you uh, know, it'd be like we come in peace here try this moonshine you know let's <laughs> see how well you could fly your craft before you start picking up bubba bubba hotep over there in the corner you know and stick things up his ass but <laughs> So, yeah, but I was so anyway, uh, with the story though, it does say that, you know, um, the local citizens in four city what was it? Four city police and five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police from the new uh, nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell drove to the Sutton farmhouse.
1: Yeah. So that's the kind of weird thing about this whole thing is usually like when the police come, it's just, you know, maybe the sheriff, maybe a state trooper. And, you know, obviously, I don't know why the city would police would even really be there. You know, if you, if you look at it on a map, it's kind of, it's a little bit away, you know, but why are the military police involved? That's the, that's the whole thing that threw me off. It's like, they never get involved with civilian stuff unless they know something that the civilians don't know right away. But at the same so time, I think they're, but yep.
0: you got, you got to look at the, uh, the year though, too. I mean, it was 1955. That was the height of the, uh, the red scare, you know, McCarthyism and everything. So, um, I mean if you if you've got basically kind of like the cold war going on with the Russians you know general paranoia I mean I can't speak for these people if they had an active television in their home but from the sounds of it I mean if they're shooting holes in their fucking wall I don't think that that was really that big of a concern to be honest <laughs> <laughs> let alone educated but if you yeah, kind of I
1: guess it, sorry
0: I mean it would it would kind of make a little bit of sense that you would have the military police out there for the mere fact that they could Probably think that somehow the Russians have flown a, a craft over into the United States and invaded, uh, you know, American airspace. But
1: I'm just, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's what the military first thought, uh, like when the 1947 like Roswell happened and shit. Like they probably thought that right away, you know, the Russians, oh, fuck they're, they're doing some shit, you know what I mean? It's like <clears throat> it was right after World War II, you know, everybody was still like heightened from the whole World War.
3: <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and it, it, it was because of McCarthy that we actually have uh, in God we trust on our currency because we all know that God likes to protect his money. And uh oh um one nation under God was added to the uh the pledge of allegiance. So we're protected. So we <laughs> haven't had an, we haven't had a little green man invasion attacking uh rural households since 1955. So keep that in well. mind.
1: I wouldn't keep that. I wouldn't quite say that.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, thank you McCarthy, but yeah,
1: so, um, the kids, uh, they stayed in the house the whole time, but they were able to see what was going on as well. So when they got the accounts from the adults, they, you know, they took all the kids and they, they did this all separately when they were talking to them. And, uh, what's really eerie about the whole thing is the grandma, I believe her name was, uh, Linny Lankford I said that wrong I apologize.
0: Well, if that doesn't anyway. sound, if that doesn't sound uh anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
1: <laughs> so, uh yeah, she was the older of the bunch. She was like one of them, you know, real stern, tough, you know, rural women, you know what I mean? She didn't she didn't know take no shit. So, hmm. but she even herself out of everybody was the most excited when they went down to the police station to tell them what was going on. And, uh, so when they went back the next day, um, they noticed that because this had gone on pretty much all night, they went down to the police station, came back, things were gone. They thought it was over.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And about three thirty in the morning, the creatures, I guess had returned. They fought them off a little bit, and they just said, "You know, fuck it. We're just going to pack up and leave." But all the evidence that was left behind was uh, documented
2: by the FBI and all that, you know. And uh,
1: yeah, they they really like. I think they really really did cover it up because they they said that fucking meteors were account for the lights in the sky and that big horned owls, you know, aggressive horned owls or they are also called eagle owls they're really popular down there um but they were you know shooting at them and respa uh mystery like identifying them as little, little green men or they didn't even actually say they were green i think that was the press that actually put in the, the little green men mm-hmm. to the paper but um yeah they uh they really thought that you know they're really gonna say that they've they shot at horned owls for four and a half hours you gotta be kidding me you know? i mean that would that would be
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you could literally call them birds of prey but unless they somehow got superpowers or ended up forging their own armor you know i mean going to battle with horned owls i mean that's kind of a, a ridiculous thing uh one of the biggest uh the biggest things that i i i'm reading right now is that you said that the grandmother's name was Glenny.
1: I think so. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because I have a list of all the names, and you got you got to hear this out. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Glenny Lanford, uh, Langford, of course, uh, she's probably the oldest, and her children Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary. Okay. Typical white people names. Um, <laughs> they have two sons from a previous marriage. Okay. Here we go. We got Elmer, nicknamed Lucky Sutton, John, Charlie, J.C. Sutton. And their respective wives, Vera and Elaine, Elaine's brother, Opie (laughs) Baker, (laughs) Billy Ray Taylor, and his wife, June. And both the Taylors, Lucky and Vera Sutton, were reportedly internet carnival workers that were visiting the farmhouse. So this kind of throws me off a little bit. I mean, who really trusts a carny?
2: I mean, do you? No,
3: mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm, sir. You, you don't no. trust the carny? No, I don't trust the carny. So, I mean, it, huh? that, that kind of, in my personal opinion, gives me a little bit of a red flag. But, like you said, it could have been, you know, they were moonshining and just trying to cover it up. It's <laughs> claimed that they're aliens and then, you know, fight horned owls because you never know. They could have been totally fucked up on their a Bad Batch or something to that effect that caused them <laughs> to hallucinate. You never know. But it does say that yeah. The next day, the neighbors did tell the two officers that their families had packed up and left, after claiming the creatures had returned about three thirty in the morning.
3: Yeah, and
1: that's that's the crazy thing is like, you know, if it these so like when you're in Kentucky, man, there's a lot of hunting. You know, there's there's a lot of hunting. Anything when you know West Virginia, Mississippi, any any of those fucking like you know southern states, Mm -hmm. and. It would be really interesting if, you know, a, you know, seasoned hunters, obviously these guys are, you know, got shotguns ready to go and all that. First thing they grab, of course they are hunters. I mean, so, and living in the rural areas, and like when I lived in rural areas, we're hunting everything from squirrels, rabbits, fucking raccoons, especially raccoons. I hate raccoons.
0: Oh, you mean trash pandas? I love trash pandas.
1: Trash pandas, yeah. Those are my spirit animal. Not good eating, but man, they eat your rabbits, and it's just like, they're paying the ass. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, taking a Season hunter even fucked up on, you know, their, their moonshine down there and all that, I just don't know how they would mistake an animal. Like, that's just insane.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you would kind of figure, especially blue-collar folk, whatever you want to call them, uh, that... Lives kind of in the in the Appalachia. The Appalachian people and stuff. They would be seasoned hunters and would be able to discern the difference between an alien creature with claw like fingers
1: and large pointed ears to a horned owl. Right. (laughs) I mean, obviously, even when they're I mean, and you you know, if you know hunters like very well or whatever, like they never go out sober most of the time. You know. Yeah. It's beer, and then they can grab the rifle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, to me, I, it's just, I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm having a hard time wrapping my ri- mind around, uh, a, a winged creature with a bipedal creature, and you can't tell the
3: difference.
1: So, right, because they never said these things had wings. They said they were just floating around. You know, like they were just floating, and they could see the, the metal on the you know, the the armor and all that, and they could see that the eyes glowed. But they looked like uh, they were wearing wearing suits of sorts, like they were wearing helmets almost, like like bucket helmets.
0: Well, if they were wearing bucket helmets, how were they able to uh, see their eyes?
1: So I guess the eyes were, um, they were really bright, and that's like the first thing they could really see from these things, because, you know, it was, it was night. And, uh... They had uh, large pointed ears, claw-like hands, and their eyes glowed yellow. And uh, estimated from two feet to four feet. You know, and they probably didn't see them all that well, considering the chaos and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But, you know, when you shoot something, it sounds like you're hitting metal. It's really hard to
0: misinterpret. (laughs) Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, no, that's, I, I don't know, that's very interesting, to be honest.
1: They, and they would shoot out the windows and the doors at these things, When they would just come back, and you could hear them, like, scuttling across the walls, um, the, the, the roof and everything, and it sounded like they were scratching or trying to pull things off. But they never went through the windows or the doors. That's kind of weird. Kind of
0: reminds you of that movie, Signs. Almost, yeah. Yeah, maybe they should have thrown water on them. <laughs> wing away no, I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah well, I mean it would be kind of funny if they did actually remake this movie but with an M. Night Shyamalan twist you know it's where you have the little girl like, going around and sits there instead of water she's drinking whiskey she like this
3: <laughs> this tastes funny <laughs> yeah
1: it was a pretty good movie but it was kind of you know one of those watch once and like you know be shocked like oh well wow, what the fuck and then the next time you watch it just like yeah whatever you kind of like that uh Sixth Sense almost you know
0: yeah yeah I mean I thought the Sixth Sense was pretty good and I thought uh science was pretty good but then I mean uh, they
1: were excellent movies but like if you watch them like you know multiple times it just kind of like ruins it a little bit yeah the, the one movie that I
0: found highly disappointing by M. Night Shyamalan was uh The Happening just the, just, the oh. title, just the title of alone, all I could think <laughs> about is, uh, was it the Jeffersons? And that, uh, it was one of the, I, I don't know if it was the Jeffersons, but it was one of the characters that would say, what's happening? Or, uh, I don't know. It, it reminded me of a slang, a slang term, like what's happening or the happening, you know? So it's like, I don't, I can't get on board with this and then find out it's just generally pollen that's chasing him around. So spoiler alert, if anybody hasn't seen it, don't waste your fucking time. Unless you like Marky Mark.
1: It's fucking <laughs> pollen.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Uh, that's so scary. So scary.
1: Speaking of crazy movies, um, I really liked, and it was, it was a really well done movie um, with Viggo Mortensen. believe I said that, right? Uh, The Road. Yes. Yes. That was a phenomenal film. And yeah, it, that, that fucking movie, man. And wow. it, it pissed me off so bad. <laughs> I know, I know, but like you know, it it was such a perfect ending for that whole thing, man. That motherfucker was so fucking tired, man. He'd been through so much fucking shit. But, yeah, you it, know, like that that whole like depiction through the whole movie of just like that hopelessness, but they had just that that little bit of hope, you know, linger and just just that little bit, you know, and like that kid, he was acting so good that like when he tried that that coat for the first time, you know, like. You almost believe he really did drink that Coke for the first time.
0: Yeah, hey, that was a sad movie. I, I mean, I loved it, but it was it was sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that I would probably probably off myself in the first two years of that shit.
1: Fuck, right, man. I, I don't even know if I'd want to do a year of that, just see how bad humans could get before they get better. It's stupid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We don't want this to be a, de- a depressing stream talking about <laughs> Bigo Mortensen, and you know, that's got a lot of the uh, the Last of Us vibe kind of you know, movie. So, uh,
1: yeah, the Last of Us,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it reminds me of. So, um, so anyway, uh, Billy Ray Taylor claims that he saw, he saw. A bright light streak across the sky and disappear beyond a tree line, some distance from the house. I don't know. I, I have a, I've, I, I get this feeling that when I read this stuff, I have to do it in a semi Southern accent. <laughs> I, I, I okay. don't know why, I don't know why, but it's just, it's, it's just the way that it presents itself and how it comes across. There's another article that I found uh, based upon the Hopkinsville uh, case. And it's interesting because the way that it reads, it's, it, it sounds exactly like it would from somebody that's from Kentucky. <laughs> and I had a hard time because you know in my head I'm hearing the accent's like uh ah,
3: okay.
2: But yeah,
1: so the author Brian uh Dunning did a mm-hmm. did a big old uh explanation of this and he said that the owl theory are just, uh, has too many uh, similarities between the creatures reported by the families and an aggressive pair of the local horned owls, which do stand about two-thirds of a meter tall. Mm-hmm. But, <clears throat> like, when the ufologist uh, Jerome Clark, he wrote, the, the creatures had floated through the trees, and the sound of bullets striking them resembled bullets striking them in a bucket. And also that an odd luminous patch along a fence where one of the beings had been shot, and in the woods beyond a green light whose source could not be determined, however, was consistent with foxfire, a bioluminescent fungus on decaying wood. But this uh, this bioluminescent, they couldn't find any kind of fungus when they were looking. You know, they never they never found actual evidence of that fungus being there, which would have just you know explained that right away, and. It's kind of interesting because maybe these things were using some kind of different kind of you know power source than we would think that you could use
0: i mean if you think that they would actually leave a trail of bioluminescence and i know this is probably before that they can examine things with uh i don't know radio spectrum i'm not a fucking scientist so (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, the DNA of a basically. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: You know, that they would be able to determine if it was otherworldly, or, or at least save a sample. And if they did, I know that the military probably wouldn't release it to the public, even though that they recently just gave full disclosure of all the documented UFOs and everything. But you would think that one of these hillbillies would probably pick it up and stick it in a container. Um, That would be not a bucket,
3: I guess.
2: Yeah, I didn't think about that. And it's it's interesting that like
1: they had left so fast, you know, because they they did go back and they tried to just wait it out for the throughout the night, you know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they all gave their their stories so so perfectly together, but from like different points in the house, like the kids could only see what was going on from inside the house. You know, the guys only left the house once or twice, so they didn't really look exactly what was going on in the full outside. But these things were completely circling the house. And when they went and did the investigation on there, they could see that the grass, because it was a lot um, longer of grass, than like, you know, we have normally up here, um, <clears throat> it was uh, matted down. Like, people had been walking around it for, you know, and, like, the evidence was so blatant. But, you know, like you said, there was a little early in investigation. So any kind of like DNA evidence or anything like that mm-hmm. was probably just completely stomped through and destroyed.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, after the family move to, though, I mean, you would expect probably the military to move in, quarantine the area and kind of gather as much as they possibly can. But even then, after this entire initial story, there's really nothing that follows up on it you know so it's just more or less is it is it one of those stories that kind of goes into the whole the red scare kind of propaganda you, you know i guess you can say after world war 2 then you had the roswell incident and then you know basically more and more people like kenneth arnold was witnessing flying saucers in space i mean you can kind of speculate that it would kind of get into the hype of uh trying to i guess you could say relate to the whole alien red scare kind of ideology that's going on at that time in my personal opinion but
1: oh yeah I i guarantee the people in the 50s were just absolutely you know crazy about that you know seeing anything kind of floating or you know streaking through the sky you know could it be the bomb or could it be a nuke or could it be the russians well and Anything you, like that.
0: yeah exactly and you also got to think that was also the uh, golden age of television too you know i mean you had a lot of people that were tuned into watching cowboys and indians and then you got uh the sci-fi craze that was going on so during the 50s you had a lot of movies that came out that were about you know alien invaders potential invaders and stuff so i mean that was peak sci-fi uh era so who knows maybe these red i shouldn't say rednecks i'm sorry I don't want to piss off rednecks. Have them come to my channel and start hating my videos. But uh, you have these very, um, I guess you could say, earthly, uh, common core educated individuals that might have saw a, a sci-fi movie one weekend and decided, you know what, let's let's just get drunk and shoot up our fucking house and make up a story. We We don't want to tell these people that we've been drinking all night and,
1: I don't know come up with the idea that it was horned owls. So I'm not entirely I mean, sure. They literally would have had to have a hell of a party, man. You know what I'm saying? Like they would have had to been fucking going nuts that hard. Night so going so hard that night, just being, you know, thinking fucking and you know, there could have been drugs involved, you know, thinking about it too. And of course, you know, that wouldn't ever get mentioned in a an investigation or anything like that too. So can't ever rule that out but i mean that's just insane they really shot their whole entire house up it was just unloading in those things yeah crazy
2: i'm just kind of curious how come they didn't run out of ammo
1: well
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm sure they had plenty of guns too <laughs> well yeah okay Fair enough. It is, it is Kentucky. You the, know this I mean? is true. This is true. You know, give a it, baby a fucking shotgun as soon as it comes out of that womb. Well, at least <laughs> at least they didn't have AR-15s back then. So, yeah, true. Yeah, there was. Uh, not sure exactly what the weapons were, but I know they were shotguns for sure. Yeah. Especially in the. Uh, and what's cool is if you look it up, and anybody can look this up too, uh, you can see the evidence photos that the uh, police had taken that night. And, uh, it really does correlate with the, with the story that they're, they were all spitting hmm. and that old woman, she never changed her story until the day she died. She was very adamant. She only told the investigators the story, I think twice. And she was like, you know, you, you've got my piece and that's it. And she never really talked about it again, but huh. it's just, you know, she, she's the, the like, icing on the cake man it's just you know old women like that they don't they don't fuck around fair enough
0: fair enough so uh i think we kind of pounded this one a little bit um i mean there's really not much more that we can really add to it except for hey it's a spoopy it's a spoopy tale you
1: know <laughs> uh yeah it's just it's uh it's had a bunch of books written about it and I'm surprised they haven't done a movie about it, or maybe they did, and it just didn't do anything good. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows?
0: Uh. Yeah, I mean, there are some good uh, B-movies or low-budget movies that I've seen on Netflix that actually kind of puts that scenario of uh, aliens attacking. And it's not the little ones that were described in this uh, in this case or this encounter, but more or less the, the typical Greys. Because what would be more frightening than something with big eyes, and it wants to basically... I don't know, mutilate you. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to figure out what movies those are and actually maybe do a cover story or a stream about that later on down the road. But got plenty of other topics I want to discuss too. So.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. The scariest thing about it, you know, especially like aliens attacking and shit like that, or any kind of creature attacking like that, you know, um, you'd hope that <laughs> if a highly advanced race came to a planet, you know, with lower <laughs> lower advanced race. Uh, that they wouldn't be hostile or carnivorous. Yeah. That's the thing that's kind of the
2: most worrisome, you know, you you wouldn't hope they were not coming here for food.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, resources. That would probably be the big thing, but hey, you know, there's a shortage on silicone, so they wouldn't get any of our computers. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah all of our gold. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's a reason why we have a silicone shortage and we can't get computers on time or the brand new PlayStation. It's because, hey, the aliens are coming to mining that shit and taking off. <laughs> and we're stuck <laughs> here. <didn't> <laughs> and we're stuck here launching rich assholes into fucking space. So. For what? Like three minutes, I think it was? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fuck Jeff Bezos. That <laughs> smug piece of shit. <laughs> Thank you to all the uh, Amazon employees for launching me into space. Oh, and by the way, thanks for the fucking government for giving me the money. And uh, thanks, taxpayers. I'm a bald-headed fucking Lex Luthor that's going to get, you know, tossed into the atmosphere. But anyway, I'm not going to go into details about that shit. <laughs> uh, so another another topic that we got of aliens attacking. Do you have another one for us?
1: Oh, yes, I do. So, September 4th, 1964, 28-year-old Donald Shrum and a group of friends were bow and arrow hunting at Cisco Grove in Placer County, California. Mm -hmm. Somehow, in the excitement of hunting, and as you know, Beer was probably involved, he got separated from the rest of his party and decided to sleep in a tree for safety. In the woods, especially... In deep woods, you're going to really not want to be on the ground sleeping most of the time if you can help it. So he took his belt and he wrapped himself around the tree and he just kind of hung out and was sleeping for the night. Well, he got lost from his friends, completely lost. He couldn't find himself or anything. So he saw this light and he thought it was a helicopter. Mm -hmm. So he got down from the tree and he began lighting flares to attract the attention. And under the assumption that it was a rescue party, he saw the light had turned towards him and came to a stop about 50 to 100 yards away. And the object landed. And at this time, Shrum <laughs> realized this was not a helicopter and uh, the UFO was a cigar shape around the size of a 14-story building. Oh, Jesus. According to the description of an incident gave by two ufologists on coast-to-coast Coast AM. And this story was actually told on coast-to-coast to Coast AM as well. Um,
2: don't remember what date, though. So, the
1: ship, it, it actually shot out a smaller ship Like you would see, like a ship in like the ocean or whatever, you know, one of the little buoys, and uh, that one landed a little bit closer nearby. And from where he was at, he could see that these were clearly not like American. So,
3: well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect
1: them to be American either, you know. Especially, you know, he was. And he was uh, thinking it was a helicopter, like pretty much the whole time, until he saw this actual like craft. And by the time he realized that that other, you know, little craft had fucking landed, and at this time he was he was really scared. So he uh, he grabbed his bow and his arrows and he ran back to the tree he was at and he scrambled all the way to the top. And kind of like in a classic sci-fi movie, very very cliche, a uh, metal robot. Or at least looks like a metal robot. And it emerges from the ship. It's got a big iron body and, you know, iron feet, iron arms, head. And it's got this big clamping jaw and these big, bright eyes. Just super, super, super bright. And he could tell that this thing looked very different than the other two creatures that had emerged with it. it was It was a lot bigger. It moved loudly. And these little creatures that came out. And they were wearing, like, like if you see, like, a military outfit of, like, any, any country or whatever, they have a certain kind of style and uniform to them. And these things were wearing silver uniforms that had a very military look to them. But he couldn't see their faces very well. It was like they were wearing helmets of sorts. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense, you know, if you're coming from, like space you know like we wear outfits out there you know what I mean like uh, well, gear and stuff to be able to breathe and shit like that well
0: some of us wear outfits that they shouldn't be wearing so I mean <laughs> just go to your local wa- Walmart and you'll see anybody that's got a muffin top with their lower <laughs> belly extremity hanging out over their belt buckles but anyway go ahead yeah that is true mm.
2: But yeah, these things were,
1: they were, uh, they were searching around a little bit and this craft was expelling such a light that he could see everything so clearly because it was the middle of the night, you know, the the nightfall had already came down and he had been asleep for a while already. And these fucking, these two humanoid looking creatures, they come up to the tree and they're like, they're, they're just looking at him. and. He starts getting really scared at this point. So he grabs his bow and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to I'm going to try something. And he doesn't want to, like, shoot him right away because he's, he's worried that this whole time that these are like just regular people like playing prank on him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the shock and everything. He's not really thinking clearly at this point. Mm-hmm. So he starts throwing all of his clothing down, you know, his gloves, his fucking hat, and everything at these these creatures because they start to try to climb the tree. Well, at this point, he's like he's shaking the tree and he's trying to get him off of it, and he's throwing everything he has at them. He's you know he's he's finally getting to the point. He's like you know fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot one of these things. But at this time, the uh, the robot looking creature had come up and it had opened its mouth. And while these things were climbing up, it had expelled this uh, white mist. It was like a, like smoke coming out of its mouth. And it made the uh, the hunter, this is what I'll just call him, it made the hunter um, nauseous, really nauseous, and made him pass out for, you know, he doesn't know exactly how long, but a couple seconds to a minute. And he would wake up, and these things would be climbing up the tree. And this would go on in the cycle for he said it could have been an hour could have been two you know and they kept knocking him out with his gas and eventually like five or six more of these little creatures come up and they start you know harassing him and and he's in a pretty big tree it's it's one of those big like evergreen trees you know it's got a lot of brush and stuff too and it's got a lot of thick branches so but he's you know trying to get these creatures off of it and he just takes an arrow and he shoots at the, the metal guy first because, you know, he's knocking him out every fucking five seconds. And when the arrow hits him, it actually f- flies off of him and it sparks. And he, he realizes at this point, like, for sure, oh, man, this, this must be like a robot or something. You know what I mean? And it keeps going, it keeps going, they keep fighting, they keep fighting. And dawn's approaching because this happened all night. He was getting knocked out he was waking up he expelled all of his fucking arrows you know trying to shoot at these things every time he'd shoot at the non-humanoids or the non-robot humanoids or whatever that they they were just scattered they would scatter back into the trees and then come back up after a couple seconds or so and they would still keep trying to fucking climb that tree and at the very
2: end of it he uh, he sees that second robot open
1: his mouth and he wakes up and all the aliens are gone, the robots are gone, the ship's gone, everything. It's light out. Um, you could see the disturbance in the grass. There was a lot of disturbance in the grass around him. It was like a like a fucking army had been there, and uh, the tree was mangled. There was fucking debris on the ground and shit like that, and he. He's like, what you know, what the fuck happened? And he gets down from the thing and he goes up. He finally makes uh contact with his his hunter buddies. They were looking for him all night. And uh pretty much he asked them, you know, he guys did you guys see anything? And uh one of his one of his hunter buddies is like, Yeah, we actually saw like a really bright light coming across the sky. We thought it might have been like a helicopter or something, but you know they never they never called anybody or anything like that to find them they just walked around all night and looked for him but they never saw any creatures
2: or anything like that and uh yeah
1: just that's fucking
0: yeah crazy, you
3: know? no i mean that's a that's a pretty
0: terrifying story i mean if you think about it within itself i mean just imagine you being by yourself bow hunting And then you see this stuff. I mean, the thing that kind of got me a little bit is where he started stripping down. And so you got basically at a half-naked hunter up in the trees (laughs) trying to signal these aliens to come and get them. And, you know, they're not doing a very good job of it. So one of the biggest things that kind of throws me off is that they have these major advancements in technology. They're flying a cigar-shaped craft. And Kenny made a joke, which I think was pretty funny, was the dress blue. (laughs) <laughs> or with some, a... yeah, that was very clever. Um, and they they have this little little smaller ship that comes off of it, and then they have this big giant iron giant looking freaking robot, and uh, yeah, these little aliens you, they they can't climb trees. That's the thing and that they... I find very interesting.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I, I, I was thinking about that too, and when, like. You know, you, you think about it like he's shooting, and, and, of, and of all the weapons to fucking have at this kind of incident, you know, if it really did take place, to have a fucking bow and fucking arrow, that is the most unluckiest fucking shit of all fucking time. Like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, at least with a rifle or something, you'd, be, you'd have a little bit of firepower. But these things never really, like, attacked him. It's almost like they wanted to, they wanted to, like, grab him or they wanted to take him. You know what I mean? And just like with the the Kelly's Housingville, they never really seemed to attack the people. It seemed that the people were just straight up attacking them. Now this this incident, like, it seemed a little more threatening than just, you know, peeping through the windows and the door and stuff like that. I mean, these things chased him up the tree basically.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I, I can kinda I can kinda see it though too at the same time because Human beings are very, very skitterish. You know, we're pretty much just fucking cucumbers with anxiety is what it comes down to.
1: <laughs> cucumbers with anxiety. Yeah. Holy
0: fuck. And uh, if, you know, if you saw something weird peeking through your windows or it's it's getting dark out and these fucking creatures are coming out of nowhere, I mean, what would you do? Your, your fight or flight response would start to kick in. I mean, if you're one dude in the middle of the woods and you're stuck in a fucking tree. You know, I mean, I would be scared shitless. I, I would probably, I would probably just be like, "Hey, dude, if you're gonna use the knockout gas, make sure it's really fucking good. Put me out for a few hours, man, because I don't want to deal with this shit right now." You
1: know, it's just, it's just hilarious. Like, it must have been his adrenaline or something to keep him from, you know, becoming fully unconscious. Because, you know, be getting knocked out that many times, and the only fact that if it didn't fall out of the damn tree because his fucking belt was around him and around the fucking tree is just insane like what the fuck man like to really be trapped in a tree and being an attacked like that I'm, I'm really surprised and you know it it could be it could be a hoax which you know anything anything could be but
0: what if what if he was what if he was tied up to just a power line and just kept getting electrocuted <laughs> you know touching a live wire <laughs> just knocking himself out <laughs> who knows who knows <laughs> Uh, but, but I mean, yeah, it, it's just... No, I mean, I, I, would be, I would be fucking terrified, to be honest. I mean, I would probably and, sh- shit my pants,
1: to be honest. Considering this is 1964, you know, so it's right after, like, you were talking about the, the height of, the, like, the sci-fi era and all that, you know... Um, the Red Scare, the, you know... The Red Scare, shit like that. You know, when, when you look at the depiction of the mothership that he described... And you see like some of those documents that they released just recently, the Navy and all that of the uh, Tic Tacs and the pill looking, you know, UFOs and uh, USOs and stuff like that. It kind of just like it almost leads credence to it a little bit, you know, like maybe there is something to these pill shape or Tic Tac, you know, UFOs and USOs and stuff like that.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, aliens have been known to do butt stuff. (laughs) no <laughs> uh, so, i mean I, I would be kind of fearful for my sphincter too in my
1: personal opinion definitely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i one not want no damn alien seven nothing in me man exactly
0: exactly i'm a man you know i gotta fight him off the best i can use all my arrows i mean we could tell at least he wasn't fucking legless, because if he was <laughs> he'd be taking him
1: down <sighs> but oh man would have had them bodies and everything oh know? yeah
0: yeah he'd be you know yelling out to his dwarf hunter friend you know hey look how many i've taken out so far you know <laughs> where's frodo we got to get that ring to the fucking volcano so
1: <laughs> but man like if if it was me like in that situation and i was stuck out there and i had them fucking arrows and stuff and like i would have hit the I company he hit the motherfuckers you know what i mean like he hit that fucking first robot dead on but like to see that fucking flint like glint off or uh, whatever, whatever that fucking word is. Wow. Anyway, um, and to see it spark and stuff like that, like that would be so discerning. It would be like the most heartbreaking thing to like see in that situation. Just be like, wow, I really am fucked.
0: <laughs> maybe he's <laughs> like, a, maybe he's a terrible
1: shot. I mean, that could be too. But you
0: know, he he just doesn't have a, enough uh, draw strength on his bow. And he's just, he's fucking terrible, <laughs> you know? He I may mean, he only pulls it a quarter and just be like, oh, I oh, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to deal with it. <laughs> I suck. Yeah, Not a great yeah, archer. I was
1: wondering what kind of bow he would have had, too, you know, because 64, you know, it would probably have been a, that would be very interesting to find out.
0: Well, and I also got to think about how much of a seasoned hun- huntsman this person was, though, too. You know, I mean, does he have any previous military training? Is he somebody that's, you know, raised
1: into a hunting family? Yeah, because this happened in Placer County, California. Oh, God. Okay, well, that explains a lot of things.
0: (laughs) That's pretty much saying, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much up there uh, of Cabela Cowboys. You know, (laughs) I'm going to get the woodland camo going, and I'm going to pretend that Um, I'm a a hunter, but I'm going to go ahead and try to blend in in an urban setting. You know, I'm going to take my, yeah, my woodland camo into the middle of Kmart. (laughs) You know, hopefully nobody will see me, but I'm blending in. So, anyway. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that would definitely be a terrifying incident of just being out in the middle of nowhere, seeing something of that magnitude, and realizing that you're pretty much fucked, especially if you got an alien that keeps expelling gas.
1: Yeah, no shit. And you know what? I guess uh like if I was uh encountered like that, I would probably not, you know, go bow hunting anymore after that. Oh no, I wouldn't either.
3: <laughs>
1: I, I would be
0: really concerned about it. it's like, okay, when does this when does this tin can actually run out of gas? Does
3: yeah, it, does know? he
0: have does he have a charge that needs to be refilled? I mean, do you got people that are rolling out with big old you know, containers of you know compressed gas and be like, Oh, we gotta switch him out, man, he's running out.
1: You and know. the crazy thing is like you know if, if it's a 14 story building cigar-shaped at around that size, and his buddies were still in the area yeah, and they didn't how the fuck did like they saw they saw the light and they saw something pass through, how the fuck did they not see that goddamn ship? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking giant ass fucking craft, man. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like basically
0: trying to fly the Trump Tower. For the most part. But I would be more concerned if little, you know, little orange men came out. <laughs> oh, fuck. With bad, with bad hair pieces, you know.
3: Oh, shit. It's
0: going to be uh, huge. Anyway.
3: They're going to
1: build a wall. <laughs> So, so huge. So huge. Fucking little Orange men come out and just start building walls everywhere, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: While they're, while, while they're getting their, their MAGA hats, you yeah. make aliens. They'll just be like the
1: Chinese, you know, they'll, they'll spend all that fucking time building them walls and we'll just walk right through them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Make aliens great
1: again.
3: oh. <laughs> uh
0: yeah like kenny pointed out his friends were pretty much yeah fuck that guy
3: <laughs> he's yeah, up he's guy. up in a tree man we, we can't get him
0: we're just gonna stand on the outlying areas and just watch what happens and see how he's handled the situation you know when he comes back down we're gonna be like you know did you learn a lesson you know we're just kind of testing you to see how well you are with your huntsman skills and
1: you suck there superiors were fucking looking at the creatures that were attacking him just like guys just climb the fucking tree Yep, exactly exactly
0: <laughs> his friends were standing back in the woods he'd be like yeah that's a whole lot of nope i don't want to get involved in man you got a cigarette you know, they, throw me a beer they probably got
1: fucking they probably got too damn lazy having them fucking robots do every fucking thing for him exactly exactly <laughs> automated automated alien abductions that's what it comes down to
0: they're deciding to outsource <laughs>
1: Oh my God! <laughs> Automated alien abductions. Yeah, it's Holy it's a it's fuck. a part of that whole lean process that they got going on. Holy shit! Oh, that's the best term I've heard in a very long time. Yeah, I know. They're even, they're even streamlining their whole
0: process. You know, <laughs> you you got the greys that are outsourcing to the reptilians because you know they're they're harder workers, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I spend too much time fucking being political and shit than fucking probing people.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's where. <laughs> that's where you got the Nordic aliens that are pretty much the diplomats. You know, they're kind of making sure that the other, you know, other planets have uh, maintained peace while they come and just fuck with the humans on Earth. So. <laughs> uh.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy cuz like since uh we started dropping them nukes and you know the Russians were dropping nukes too, they've pretty much nuked the whole entire northern hemisphere of their fucking area. But you know, we we started getting crazy amount of UFO sightings. It it was it was really weird in that time, you know. And then like 1955, you know from 47, it's not very long.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, this is true. Know,
1: and having You know, these creatures come and checking us out and be like, oh, fuck, you know, these guys are like blowing their planet up. Like, what the fuck's going on? And they would come down and, you know, it probably is, you know, curious beings from, you know, other dimensions, other planets, whatever the fuck. And it would make sense that in that time period, if these creatures did come down here to check it out and be like, hey, let's go fucking look at these animals, man. Just like what we do, like if we go down to like the forest and shit, we see a cool animal, we pick it up, doesn't kill us, we take it home fucking yeah we try to domesticate it <laughs> exactly yeah you know I, w- I wouldn't doubt if there's a fucking planet or a rock out there somewhere with domesticated humans you know what i mean i i think we would make terrible fucking pets to be honest
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man We to get rid of our thumbs. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) You know that that would be our level of discipline. I mean, can you imagine us actually going around wearing shock colors? You know, basically, you got aliens, greys walking us around on leashes and be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, this this is uh this is my pet. His he calls himself Anthony, but I call him Mister Boo Boo. So you know, sometimes when he's out of line, he shits on the carpet. I zap him a little bit."
1: holy fuck oh it reminds me of that fucking twilight zone episode the one that really just like i hope this never ever happens to me you know the one where the fucking oh we're gonna give you like this beautiful house and all this shit you know what i mean and then he fucking ends up being an exhibit for another fucking race like to get put in 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 an exhibit for the rest of your life man that would be fucking awful
0: oh yeah no that would be awful i mean that would be a boring tour too you know (laughs) You start getting a bunch of li- little kids visiting the museum and stuff. You'd be like, oh, and here we have a domesticated human, you know, and it looks like pretty much a a, a scene from Hoarders. House is all fucked up, <laughs> garbage stacked to the fucking roof, you know. I'd be like, and this is what they do in their spare time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they gather shit, oh.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: ah, uh, anyway, I think I've had a little too fun with that one. Um. <laughs> Another, another, another alien attack. Now, this one is kind of outlandish. I find this very hilarious. Um, yeah, Kenny put it, you neuter your human to make them less aggressive. I don't know, man. I've known quite a few people that are neutered and still fucking
1: aggressive, so... Um. And speaking of neutered people, completely <laughs> off topic, but... Um, did you know that in, I believe it was the first dynasty, um, the bodyguards of the emperor in China that they were they were tasked with being able to move the concubines and the empresses and shit like that. So in order to be one of those real badasses, you had to go up and get your shit cut off with a knife. And if you didn't bleed out after they you know cauterized the wound and shit, and if you didn't die from shock, you were in their bodyguard clique basically. And the reason being is because you can't trust a man around a beautiful woman no matter what the fuck you do.
3: <laughs> Even if you got your
0: balls sure. cut off, I mean, you can't trust a man about, around a beautiful woman, so... But obviously it worked, because
1: they cut both of it off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, well, they just have, you know... they just be a couple of balls short closer to the taint, so... Oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> uh
0: well, that's a good history lesson for everybody that's actually watching, so... And I'm sure people that are going to be listening to it are going to think it's funny as fuck as well. So, I think uh, another Ooh. another topic, since we've got that scary woodsman, terrible huntsman story out of the way, there is another one that I find very interesting, and this is actually... Uh, there's a video of it on YouTube. I don't have a link for you, so I apologize. I'm not going to do your homework for you people, but... um It's the one that's basically uh, subterranean aliens that killed 60 people in New Mexico. So I don't know if anybody's heard about this one. Uh, Apparently, there was a uh, geologist, an engineer, that uh, basically was working um, and discovered... There was this discovery of an underground base, secret base, apparently, that was by the U.S. military... And what it is is that it had multiple different levels, and on these levels, there was one section to where they ended up going to war with these gray aliens. And this gentleman's name is Philip Schneider. He was an explosive engineer, that's what it was. Uh, Some other things said that he was a geologist. That worked for the U.S. government with high-level security clearance. And claimed that in 1979, he participated in the building of a secret underground base in Dulce? I, 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 I'm gonna butcher the shit out of it. Dulcey <laughs> Dulce New Mexico I think it
1: might be Dolce. <laughs> Dolce.
0: Well, I don't speak fucking I don't, Spanish. I don't so.
1: fucking either. It's it's hard, man. Yeah, Dol Dolce,
0: <laughs> New Mexico. Yeah, you can definitely hear my whiteness. Um it was it, he says that it was a horrific battle that played out, leaving 60 humans dead and countless subterranean aliens fighting for their life. So this is definitely interesting. Uh, there is a YouTube video out where he explains the whole situation. Um, it, of, of course, you know the potato quality YouTube video. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's always out there. And, I mean, you could get a lot of true evidence, especially if you cite Wikipedia and YouTube uh, for uh, facts. But anyway, we won't get into that. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Schneider asserts that he was suspicious of an engineering operation while noticing the presence of Green Berets and special forces. Uh, His fears were realized when, after drilling underground, he came face-to-face with a seven-foot-tall, stinky gray alien. Now imagine if your first encounter of meeting life outside of this planet is a stinky gray alien. (laughs) I would literally have to question their hygiene practices to be honest, because we know you that know, the human race is exposed to incels and ex <laughs> Yeah.
3: <I'm not> sure.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine actually running into that stinky gray alien and be like, hey, dude, uh, do you like anime? Do you have a waifu pillow or something to that effect?
1: <laughs> you know, and to think about that, like whenever you think about like um, alien encounters or people from another planet or other dimensions and stuff like that, you know, people never really think about the, the stink or the smell Mm -hmm. or like you know uh are they breathing oxygen are they expelling a gas that could be poisonous to us like that that world of worlds was genius at the end you know the fucking basic bacteria killed these motherfuckers you know what i mean like and it's, it's crazy in that fucking story that he would mention something so it doesn't seem really relevant but it's very it's it's such a small detail that like most people would really overlook
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, no, I mean, there has been some instances um, where some people would say that uh, they put off a very pungent ammonia smell. I don't know if you've ever read into uh, Credo Mutwa. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He talks about that there was a tribe in Africa that actually stumbled upon these creatures, I guess, and apparently they killed it, and then they ate the flesh of it. And they said that after they did that, they hallucinated. You know, I can't remember the exact details of that story but of course I found that through reading David Ick which was the biggest mistake of my fucking life but anyway
3: <laughs>
1: um, yeah it would make sense that a tribe would you know find an alien and be like ooh let's eat it
0: <laughs> yeah let, let's club it like a baby seal hey, and see what uh, happens
1: driving all the way
0: yeah exactly but you know um just knowing that this this engineer stumbles upon this alien you know and it's got poor hygiene. I mean, what did the alien smell like? Did he smell like dirt? Did he smell like shit? You know? I mean, how do you how do you how do you describe the smell? And sit there and say you ran into a seven foot one. And he said that uh, basically according to the story that Philip Snyder gave, is that he was terrified and pulled out his firearm and it, they zapped his fingers right off. So with the plasma rifle. You know, so my biggest thing is, is that this guy stumbles upon this, this alien, seven foot tall, stinky alien, who obviously isn't wearing any clothes. He pulls out his firearm, shoots at it, and it zaps his fingers off of the plasma rifle.
1: Are you sure he didn't encounter a Las Vegas bum? <laughs> I, I, who knows, you know?
0: Yeah, mm. he, he, I mean, he could have been drinking one night, decided to get in, you know, get into this mess stash (laughs) going around smelling like cat urine hey let's go fuck with people
1: (laughs) and of course it's such a human thing to do it's like oh i see a fucking alien you know and it stinks and shit and i'm just gonna pull out my fucking pistol and like you know try to fucking shoot the thing like he's in his own fucking base and everything like you know he's building the motherfucker and all that and he still decides to pull his fucking piece out yeah i mean that's kind of a dick move (laughs) <laughs> that's what i'm saying like what is what is wrong with him man <laughs> And what if he what if he wanted to make friends you know like
0: uh, it'd just be like it'd, it'd be like et phone home puts out his big long elongated finger which that kind of freaks me out anyway and you know says you know phone home or you know peace or whatever but uh yeah i don't know i don't fucking know but Anyway, this guy he goes on, he proceeds to tell about this whole this whole big old conspiracy about how they have these freaking underground bases, you know, this alien warfare happened with these other individuals, you know, sixty people dead. And uh it's interesting that the seven foot tall stinky gray alien um and his little buddies they they, they don't they don't have any evidence of it. They don't have any. Well, I mean, of course, it's the government. But you would kind of figure that this guy, a uh, uh, explosives engineer, out of all of these well-trained green berets and special forces people, is the only one that can make it out alive. I mean, that 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 fucks with me.
1: You know, like there's no way he was the only one that made it out alive <laughs> if it happened. man. E- exactly. Like, there's no fucking way.
0: Exactly. So she's like, well, oh, so green berets special forces individuals can't fight off fucking gray aliens but you you managed to be able to do it and the only thing you lost were a few fucking fingers how does it make it make sense (laughs) you know i mean i i I don't get it i mean there's a lot of people that do say that there is some truth to it but at the same time there's a lot of people that say that it's it's a hoax and me personally
1: oh god i i would personally say that it was a hoax yeah i think so too uh You know, when you when you look at like, so when he shows his hand and like, you can see it very clearly, like he is
2: actually missing fingers. But it seems to be almost an explosive. Damage, you know,
1: Uh, the way that it's kind of like all healed up and stuff like that just kind of looks like he blew his fingers off. Yeah, maybe but... he
0: maybe he was in the backyard, back shed, and he decided to uh, I don't know double up on some M80s.
1: <laughs> it, he was you know an explosives engineer, so yeah, it would only make sense. Well, yeah,
0: you know, and he just says, "Hey, uh, I blew off my fingers. I better not tell my wife. Let's come up with an elaborate story. You know, <laughs> how am I going to go home and explain this one?" so yeah i don't know so fucking kidding. i mean if you watch the video if you want to kill some brain cells and i i don't know find something to fall asleep to i i think there's like an hour two hour uh worth of video of this guy fucking talking about the whole situation so it's it's interesting but at the same time it kind of goes with the other stories that we have you know there's a lot of discrepancies uh, holes in their story it doesn't make
1: sense oh so, yeah and this one's really easy to pick it apart and like other than like you know the Kellys in the Cisco Grove and those you know encounters and stuff, they kind of not you know people really didn't die anything like that you know. But with this one, I mean, if you if you fucking get an alien to fucking start wiping motherfuckers out and a fucking battle occurs, there ain't no way. That the government is gonna let you just walk on out of there and fucking just leave. Like you started some shit. You're probably gonna get put in the brick. Well, That's yeah. Usually how the military works. Yeah, so. but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like, know. He fuck. he he must have hid like in the in a laundry chute or something. I
1: don't yeah, know. Yeah, it might have been like the fucking uh the cat and the kid and the alien or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know,
2: trying to get away from these
1: stinky
0: aliens. Yet he can't describe the smell, but they stink. They're, they stinky. Man, you motherfuckers are nasty. So, I don't know. Uh, there is one more. Um, I'm not going to beat that one up too much. It, I'm going to chalk that one up as, <laughs> as bullshit.
1: Yeah, that's pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah, it is
0: pretty fucked. <laughs> now, there is another one. Okay, there is another one. And this is. I've I've mentioned this before a few times, but this one still kind of blows my mind. I mean, it they, there might be some truth to it, but at the same time, with the, the modern special effects that we have going on, you know, um, everything like that, nothing can be taken at face value. And uh, one of them was uh, Dr. Jonathan Reed. I don't know if anybody's heard about this gentleman. But uh, pretty much as the story goes, he was... Um, hiking in I, I think the Olympia Mountains or somewhere in Washington, something to that effect. And as he's out, he's walking his dog. Just out in the woods, middle of fucking nowhere. He's walking this dog and he happens to stumble upon this black obelisk that happens to be hovering um in some in an opening around some trees. You know. Um so as he's walking through, he's walking his dog, he sees this obelisk and everything he Turns around or he stumbles upon this this little alien creature. Just I don't know what he's doing. Probably picking flowers, he's basically taking a space dump, something to that effect. Probably pissing in the woods. <laughs> he's been flying for a long fucking time and he had to relieve himself. And this 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 humanoid asshole, you know, with his furry little friend, stumble upon him while he's doing his business. Well the dog got hostile, a little aggressive. This alien decided to vaporize his dog. Right? So this guy, what he does, he picks up the closest stick that he can find, and he clubs this alien like a baby seal, drops his ass. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, I just clubbed this fucking thing. I don't know what the hell it is. My dog is gone. You am know, pretty much just a big old giant pile of fucking ash. Clubs
1: this... him like a baby <laughs> seal. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Goes back to his pickup or something to that effect, grabs his camera, grabs an, uh, an emergency blanket, and as he's going through in the going back to the woods of where this being is he uh tries to videotape this obelisk that's floating on the ground you know of course at this time you're talking about uh VHS tape in a fucking camera um it starts messing up anytime he gets close to it it starts to break up you know all of this crap and he ends up going back to this this creature uh I don't think he picked up the ashes of his dog because that would probably be, it would probably take too long to pick up Wraps up this creature into this emergency blanket and puts tape on it, something to that effect. Its head's split open. He he records it while it's in the woods, you know, he, he has videotape of this and everything like that. And this is actually hosted on Art Bell too as well. So anyway, he grabs this thing, wraps it up in this emergency blanket, throws it in the truck of his car or, or the the bed of his truck. You know, so he's transporting a dead alien body, takes it back to his house, and throws it in the freezer because he wants to preserve this crazy anomaly that he had actually happened to him, right? Mm. And as the story goes with uh, Dr. Jonathan Reed, um, apparently this creature had like this little bracelet that it was wearing. So he you know, it's got some weird engravings some symbols on it to that effect, all that fun shit. And um, I know that during the Art Bell Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell he had this person on his show and this person actually happened to um, record audio of this creature apparently that woke up in a fucking freezer screaming its head off i mean what would you do in that scenario
1: i would probably make sure it's fucking dead before i leave it in the fucking freezer you would think
3: yeah
0: you would think i mean but again kind of going back to the previous scenario you're, you're minding your own business and this fucking hairless ape comes up to you and just Bonks you in the head and be like, hey, dude, I'm, you know, not only did I hit you with a fucking giant stick, I'm going to stick you in a place that's fucking cold. <laughs> Enjoy that shit, right? So as it progresses on, this guy records the audio of this creature screaming out, you know, making weird sounds and all this stuff, and he thinks at this point, at some point, because he left it in there for a couple of days, that it's dead. So he goes into the freezer, he takes it out, and he grabs his camera, and he starts unwrapping this thing in this big giant emergency blanket, and he's walking around this creature. You know, obviously it looks a different color than what it was from the first video. It was white. Now it looks like it's just kind of got a nice toasty marshmallow look to it. You know what I'm saying? Not, Not the burnt color, but the brownish color. And as he's, re- as he's walking around this creature, um, there's some parts of it to where you can actually see this creature open its eyes and then kind of close them again. You know, at, the, at that point where you're almost doing the floppy chicken, like you're losing consciousness, that kind of shit. So he records all of this stuff. And it's actually on YouTube. People can find it if they're looking for it. And the name's Dr. Jonathan Reed, Alien Encounter, if you guys want to do the homework and watch the videos. It's interesting. Now, this is where... It seems convincing when you watch this stuff. Now, this is where it starts to sound like bullshit. So this guy, he was talking about the little wristband that this creature has. And with this wristband, he's able to actually transport himself outside of, fuck, I don't know, go to another direction or go to the moon or some shit, whatever, right? And he starts discussing about how he's figured it out. And he says when he puts it on, he describes it as a burning sensation and he feels these things that prick in the back of his hand and all of this crap and everything. And there's a very, it's a funny thing because he starts going around, he's touring, he wrote a book, obviously, because that's what people do when they, you know, stumble upon a great fucking phenomenon like that. Let's write a book. He goes on a, Mex- <laughs> he goes on a Mexican television show. Now this is, this is funny, right? Um, they're discussing his encounters, this little bracelet that he has on. And on camera, he decides that he's going to put it on. And the theatrics are fucking hilarious. Because as he's putting it on, he's doing the whole fake acting like, ooh, ow, it hurts, you know, oh my god, I don't know what's happening, you know, that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, the camera flashes and he disappears. And he can hear the audience do that, ooh, ooh, ah, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then all of a sudden he reappears so I mean I I, I liked the idea of the story and it's not so much an alien attacks well the alien attacked this dude's dog it's more or less the human attacked the alien at this point I like the idea and the concept and he should have just left it at that but when he started going on public television and 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 making an ass of himself that's where it kind of falls on the wayside of another fucking hoax so yep. yeah <clears throat> But it's interesting to watch. And another person you got to watch um, is Stan Romanek. I don't know if you've heard of him.
1: Uh, no, I don't think so.
0: Okay, Stan Romanek, he's he's a Colorado man that's been documenting UFOs for, like, fuck, I don't know, 10, 15 years, whatever his experience is. He's captured these aliens, peeking in his window, peeping Tom alien. That's the place to start. you got to look into that. Um, It's actually on YouTube. (laughs) That's what it's called. It's Peeping Tom Alien. And apparently we've been discussing Peeping Tom Aliens and, you know, uh, aliens with butt fetishes. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want a starting point, look into that one. Uh, There's a documentary, it's called Extraordinary, that talks about some Stan Romanek case. I'm not going to go too much into detail about it because it, it gets hokey. And at some point, Stan Romanek gets charged by the government that he thinks is a conspiracy of them finding child pornography on his computer so if you guys want to rabbit hole that one go ahead i shouldn't have put those two words together because that sounds highly inappropriate but uh if you, want, if you want to look into that i would suggest that also look into dr jonathan reed so but jonathan
1: reed the baby seal clever
0: yes yes
1: yes yes
0: so on top of that Since we've discussed aliens attacking humans and humans attacking aliens and this whole idea of complete, insane, interdimensional, uh, extraterrestrial, interstellar fuckery. We're going to give you some advice on how to survive a scenario such as an alien abduction. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was this book that um, we did not discuss Lear. Dev, so I ooh, I should have should looked into that one. Maybe you can bring that up next time. Anyway, yeah, actually, um, if you could, Dev, uh, email me or message me later, and we can, I, I I'm gonna look into that. To be honest, that would be a great episode later on down the road. Um, so anyway, there is this book that I used to have a long time ago, and it took me a minute to remember it but it's called the worst case scenario survival handbook. What a name. What a name. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is pretty much one of those things. It's a, uh, you you get it at Your local, I don't know. Uppity upperclassmen fucking stores. It was a gift. So somebody that bought it for me, I was like, Oh wow. Cool. I, I really didn't need this, but thank you. <laughs> but it does got some interesting pages in it. And one of them, that I found very interesting is how to foil a UFO abduction. Oh god. Yes, so this is this is true. This is true survival techniques on not how to get abducted and get your fanny messed with. So, rule number 1 when it comes to how to avoid a UFO abduction is do not panic because the extraterrestrial biological entity or the EBE may sense your fear and act rashly. That's number one. Climbing up trees, you know, that, that won't protect you, acting like a fricking, I don't know, feral cat in a cage. You know, you want to act as calm as possible when it comes to these aliens.
1: Because, so, so you're going to see a fucking alien ship come down some motherfucker jumps out of that motherfucker that's like four feet tall and sporting like red and yellow eyes and you're supposed to remain calm.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you put your arms out and act bigger than it, it might actually, you know, might halt and be like, oh, this is, this is a predator, you know, apex predator. I, I better not get him. You know, that kind of stuff. right?" <laughs> uh, right. Rule number two. Control your thoughts. So do not think of anything violent or upsetting. The EBE may have the ability to read your mind. Try to avoid mental images of the abduction, like boarding the saucer, anal probes. Such images may encourage them to take you. Yes, that's right. When it comes down to seeing an alien, control your thoughts and you'll be okay. Because you never know. If you're like, do not do butt stuff, do not do butt stuff, do not do it do butt stuff that might actually encourage them to do more butt stuff and be like ah guys thinking about butt stuff let's go ahead and throw them on the craft because we're gonna do butt yeah. stuff
1: <laughs> yeah like giving them giving them the idea to do it you know exactly exactly it's like and yeah that's a big thing like they always say that you know aliens have like telepathy and they can you know read your thoughts and things like that and well maybe it's true well maybe if, that's why we if aliens, sure. if
0: if aliens can read my thoughts, I don't think that they would want to take my silly ass.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Like you want to think of the most like disturbing shit, so they'd be like, "Wait, maybe we don't want this one." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this
0: one's broken. He, he's he's got a dark sense of humor. No, uh-uh. mm. he's gonna do yeah, stuff. like
1: when you go to fucking like get a cat or a dog or like a, a you know a, a a pound or whatever, and you know you, you see that feral cat in there is just like you know, spit and fire and fucking like all over the place and shit. You're probably not going to bring that cat home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, well, I'm I'm
0: kind of curious if this person's had their shots yet. <laughs> you know, what kind of weird diseases are they bringing? Do they stink? Are they vaccinated?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's what the butt probes for. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how do we feed
0: this thing? You know, oh, is that the proper feeding feeding oh no that's not the no no he screams out that's that's not where they eat their food let's try another one (laughs) anyway um uh three number three rule number three to not get abducted by aliens firmly tell the ebe to leave you alone
1: firmly tell him to leave you alone. You I have to love it.
0: you have to establish dominance. Make sure you make eye contact with him and tell him no.
2: Long oh pause s- f- and awkward God. silence, yeah. I
3: mean I mean I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Lord. sorry.
0: <laughs> but this advice is trying to sound like you're, you know, not trying to get uh you're drink drugged to that effect Uh, her
1: girlfriend pregnant exactly (laughs)
0: exactly exactly firmly look her in the eyes and say leave you alone no means no i don't want it i don't want a kid i don't want a screaming shit machine no
1: no and considering that these things can even understand english in the first fucking place like jesus yeah you don't know if that's the best
0: you don't know if they speak in binary you know, like one one zero zero one zero one 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 zero.:
1: Or like the little island off of Italy where they only uh, well, they can speak in Italian as well, but they uh, they mostly speak in whistles, like they believe the Sasquatch uh, communicates with is just whistling. Uh, certain whistles mean certain things and shit like that. And you can actually hear a whistle from a lot longer than you know shouting or saying words itself, so it's really interesting. Yeah.
0: No, that is interesting. Oh, oh, well Kenny just said, think about your worst enemy having all of the secrets in the world in their butt. And that butt stuff will advance the aliens. I... Thanks, Kenny. I really
2: needed that image.
0: <laughs> and now I'm gonna get I'm gonna get picked up by aliens because they're gonna be like, oh hey, this guy actually took the advice of one of his viewers, and guess what we're gonna do? So it's nice knowing oh, everybody. Shit. Have a good night. I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. The, the number four on how to protect yourself from getting abducted by an alien. Resist mentally. Because resisting verbally doesn't work, you try resisting mentally. And that's picture yourself enveloped in a protective shield of white light or in a safe space. Telepathic EBEs may get the message. This is some fucking woke shit. I'm sorry. But if I don't want to get fucking abducted by aliens, I got to protect it. Think of a a protective shield of white light or in a safe space. So I should just carry Yeah, a safe space. I should just carry my own little, I should get a hula hoop. That's what I should do. And wear like suspenders. So when I have my little hula hoop around me, that's, that's my safe space. That's the the three foot limit that these aliens Mm. cannot pass that's my line in the sand. Uh. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe uh, a hula hoops would be like kryptonite to these guys.
1: <laughs> you know, other than uh, just alien, like, uh, like anal probes, you know, what else else would suck. And, uh, you know, you have like that fire in the sky scene where the needles coming into the eye and shit. And, you know, that would be brutal, but imagine getting a needle or something really strong, like shoved in your belly button. Oh, no, no. Yeah, like that scene in fucking Matrix, man, like where they're sucking that fucking little robot out of his belly button and shit. Like, that has got to be the most hardcore feeling in the world because there's so many nerves and shit like right there. And it's just like, man, like if I ever get abducted or whatever, I hope they never stick a needle there. Just anywhere else. Just not there.
3: What?
1: What? (laughs) No, the navel.
0: Yeah, so so (laughs) you don't want things going in your belly button. Mm -hmm. But you're okay with things going up your butt.
1: Uh no, not that either, but I would probably take that over the belly button. (laughs) Well, all honesty. Yeah, I know, right. Well, we know we know Uh, exactly where your pain threshold is, so Yeah, the fucking belly buttons rough, man. Like
3: Uh,
0: Yeah, no no belly button shit. That's what it comes down to.
3: (laughs) No belly button shit.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> the word butt isn't buttons, so there you go. Anyway, we're focused too much on butts on this one. So, rule number five. Prevent yourself from getting abducted by aliens. Resist physically. Physical resistance should be only used as a last resort. Go for the EBE's eyes, because that would be effective, if they have any. Or you will not know what, is, what its other, more sensitive areas are. Sweet. So basically, I'm going to come down to a physical fucking cage match with an EBE and I'm just going to kind of guess exactly what's going to happen. Go for the eyes or go for the groin, but what if it doesn't have a groin?
1: (laughs) And what if the eyes, like, there's always this uh, theory that goes around ufologists that, like, when you look at the grays, that you see the gray skin that it might be a spacesuit of some sort and that, you know, when when you're out in space, like, the sun is so bright and, like, the radiation is so powerful. That they might need huge fucking like basically sunglasses in their fucking outfit just to be able to not have their fucking like maybe their eyeballs to be burned out from you know just looking at the sun or something you know and it's it's always it's always like fascinated me in a way that like what if like what we're seeing is not what we're really seeing like what they really don't you know actually look like and
0: that uh, that, that could be- that could be true i mean. Uh, they could like to, to look like those weird aliens from Fire in the Sky, or they could look like the ones in Communion. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie.
1: Yeah, that movie tripped me out a
3: little bit.
0: Yeah, it tripped me out too. But it's got Christopher Walken in it, and he makes everything good, so I ain't gonna bitch.
1: Like they were on to something.
3: <laughs> so,
0: I mean, number five, this resists physically, okay? I mean, I don't think that there's enough martial arts training on the planet that would actually get you to understand the pressure points of these... Freaking creatures, you know, or how to do a takedown.
1: Uh, on what is that hunter? If he didn't have that bow and arrow, he just like punched that metal robot and be like, "Oh fuck, is that it? Is that it?"
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, he climbs out of the tree and he starts putting rear naked chokes on fucking all of them. He just be like, "Go to sleep, bitch. I'm done with your shit. Arrows don't work, but you know, yeah, grabs do. Yeah. yeah, grabs and holes will." Yeah, snapped snap their wrist. Maybe That's
1: why we don't hear some of the stories from like some soldiers or some, maybe they actually do go fight these creatures and the creatures are just like, all right, I'm wiping you out real quick. Like you're a nuisance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you got one guy that's got like a 500 kill count on these fucking little gray bastards. You know and All he does is throat chop them. He's just like, boom, you're dead. Yeah. Another one for me. Go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So those are the five rules on how to foil a UFO abduction. Now, in the instance of a UFO abduction, how to report a UFO sighting? So here we go. Same rule as the first one. On the last thing is stay calm. If you become upset or excited, you are likely to forget important details. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, if somebody came down, a little gray alien is trying to sit there and put me in a ship, I wouldn't fucking forget that shit. To be honest, I mean,
1: I'd be scared shitless, literally. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, I i don't think I'd forget a fucking thing. No, <laughs> I no. I think I wouldn't be able to sleep for a few days. And be like, did I really fucking see that? Like, I
0: mean, the only thing I would stop. probably, the only thing I'd probably tell the alien is like, hey, dude, before you guys take me, man, can I get another pair of underwear? Because I just shit my pants.
1: Yeah,
3: no shit. Give me about five minutes and let me clean up. You know, I got to shower first. Uh, <laughs> then
0: you can have your way with me. Um, number two... Accurately record the time at the start of the sighting, the time of any change of direction in a UFO's flight pattern. At the time at the end of the sighting, if possible, use a mechanical stopwatch. Yeah, because we all got that fucking shit lying around. Since close proximity to a UFO may prevent electronic instruments from functioning properly. All right. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number three. Number three. In the advent of technology and high-definition 4K cameras on her phone, sketch a schematic of the UFO's path in the ground. Mark your position in the ground at the start of the sighting and draw a line in the direction of the object when first seen for each direction change and when last seen. You can't fucking take a picture, so draw. And we know how... (laughs) We know how good some people are at fucking art you know you can't even draw a basic stick figure i think i'm going to rely on that person's you know creative abilities to sketch a schematic
1: (laughs) you better grab chalk man in case you're in like a concrete jungle because uh (laughs) this is
0: yeah this is true we might as well hire some engineers as well because everything looks good looks good on paper had to toss in an engineer job Uh um Uh, Number four, number four, try to identify any horizon landmarks with regard to the UFO's position. Well, if it's in the fucking sky, I don't think that would be very hard. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, number five, if you have a video or still camera, record the sighting. Well, no shit, because that's the first thing that we're going to do, especially in this day and age of technology. If something cracks off, like somebody getting smacked in the fucking head with a can of, uh, what is that? that, that tea? Twisted T. Twisted T, yeah. We're gonna pull out our fucking cameras. We pull out, yeah, we pull out our cameras for the most asinine things. Hey, cool. My dog did something fantastic. Oh, he's just laying there. Cool. That's awesome. You basically updated me on the boredom of your fucking life. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: And there would be like, you know, 13 people, like, recording somebody, getting jumped by like 20 people and just, like, laughing about it. It's hilarious. People record everything. Yeah, but they don't call the fucking cops. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, is
0: it uh, so basically if you have a video or a still camera, record the sighting. Neither video nor still images carry much weight on their own. Well, no, really. Well, this <laughs> kind of defeats the rest of it, but anyway, so it is essential that the images include reference information such as a tree, a mountain, or a skyline. Wow, okay, that's awesome. That's
1: just a fucking tree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: Yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And number six, finally, to report a UFO sighting, you can report it as soon as possible by contacting the UFO Reporting and Information Services. And there's phone numbers here. Uh, Mutual UFO Network. I'm going to go ahead and say that one is 830-379-2166 and the National UFO Reporting Center, which is 206 722 three zero 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 and yes I just doxxed one eight hundred numbers and other lines for UFO reporting. So I'm not encouraging people to go ahead and troll their asses, but
1: I might Do at it. the same time.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like we saw something in the sky there, mister Yeah, I
0: think there might be little gray aliens just trying to claw up my houses that I've mistaken for uh, one of them, them my, the owls.
1: I've, and I don't know fucking Peeping greens, man. Maybe it was a flying <laughs> squirrel. I
0: don't know. I just had a lot of moonshine tonight. <laughs> a flying, fucking <laughs> flying fucking squirrels. Oh. Some
1: really angry horned owls. <laughs>
0: oh, and 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 by the way, this this is the last point of advice. Okay, for everybody out there, the biggest Master thing that Clark. you must be in this whole situation is you have to be aware, because most sightings are in rural areas. Well, we've discussed that away from bright lights and near military installations. So maybe the first story that we told tonight is actually true because all three of them lined up. Uh, They occur mostly frequently during the summer months. So basically, we're almost at the end of summer. We are fucked because spiders and aliens come out at that time. And they mostly occur around 9 p.m. with a secondary peak of around 3 a.m. So, word of advice, people, if you don't want to get abducted, make sure that you are awake from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. in the midsummer months checking for spiders and aliens in your fucking closet. I'll
2: lay down.
0: So that's a good point of advice. Anyway, that is how you survive, or how to foil a UFO abduction. Anyway, I think I have went on a little bit too long. The stream has gone on for about an hour and a half. I do want to thank everybody that showed up, actually left a comment, started talking, engaging in the chat. And I want to thank Sam for actually coming on tonight. I appreciate that. And I do want to remind everybody that if you want to go ahead and see more of my content, be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter, RevCast. Dot Y T and another thing is is that you can listen to this on Spotify. Also, there's an anchor link that you can go ahead and listen to it on other podcast streams that you enjoy. And anyway, is there anything else that you would like to add there? Um
1: Sam. Yeah, you know, just uh maybe uh watch your windows at night and hopefully you don't get fucking abducted. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's spiders
0: and aliens. Be careful.
1: Be careful. Always at the same time.
3: Yes, always at the
0: same time. Oh, Melissa, you just showed up. Mm, Damn it. Well, I'm glad you came in tonight. (laughs) But anyway, so on that note, again, thank you again, Sam. And uh, everybody, thank you for showing up. And guess what? It's that time again. We are going to leave you with some OJ. Take
3: care.